Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland. And I'm Sandra Smith. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. good for me to slow down too and just listen and just be right there listening and not have to solve the problem right then. recording an episode as we learn more about this relationship dynamic between types three and seven. So glad to have Beth and Tyler here who are friends of mine from the Biltmore Company. So thanks to you both for helping us out. Beth Poslusny is the general manager of the Village Hotel on the Biltmore Estate and has been that since December of 2015 when it first opened. Before that, she was the director of catering and conference services at the Biltmore Estate for 13 years. Yes. Yeah, she's passionate and keeping busy at her work, as a good tree is, and at home. And Beth likes to bike, kayak, and spend time with family. We're also uh, excited to welcome Tyler Miller. And Tyler is a native to Asheville and has been in the hospitality industry for 14 years, and eight of those at the Biltmore Company, uh, starting as banquet manager uh, at the Inn on Biltmore Estate in 2010. And Tyler helped open the Village Hotel as he became the food and beverage general manager at Village Hotel on Biltmore State in 2015. So, and Tyler and Beth have worked together for about eight years. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So welcome to both of you. We're glad you're a part of this conversation. Thank Thank you you. for having us. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get grounded in all three brains. And so, if you will, take some deep breaths and plant yourself in your body, root, so that our bodies are grounded. Open your heart, and let's engage this material with a curious mind. Open, grounded, let's take a deep breath as we invite the little seven and the little three within all of us to listen in. So the lead center of intelligence for type three is heart. Threes are um, heart types, we say, and they are relationship oriented. The primary motivation of the three is to receive recognition or approval. Sometimes we say recognition, sometimes approval. And the focus of attention being what's the next project? What's the next task? What's the next thing to do? The core fear of the three is being unable to do anything. Uh, being worthless, being able, unable to accomplish, and that uh, triggers reactivity in the type three. For type seven, this type is in the head or thinking triad where information is important. So this is an information-oriented type. The motivation is to be stimulated. Where is the next stimuli coming from? And the focus of attention is on best case, best case thinking, those, those positive possibilities. The core fear, which triggers reactivity, is being limited or trapped in some way. So the strengths for seven 
include this, which I just love, this strong sense of wonder. And I've noticed that that's true of you, Tyler. Strong sense of wonder and playfulness. Sevens typically have a curious mind, and they're good visionaries. They see what can be, what is possible. They can integrate various ideas really well and synthesize information very quickly. Uh, they can be quite charming and really enthusiastic, positive people who can get people on board um, with a vision. And interestingly enough, sometimes the three and seven, we call them look-alike types because threes also have this positive, active energy similar to the seven. But threes, uh, some of their strengths are they're oriented to, toward accomplishments, toward uh, coming up with solutions. Uh, they're very disciplined and they're incredibly focused on their goals and the practical things. They tend to have a can-do attitude. They're engaged in things. They tend to be also very competent and enthusiastic. And one thing I, I'd say about them, too, is threes, one way they show their love and appreciation for another they're in relationship with is by doing things for them. Mm -hmm. That's one of their strengths. Mm -hmm. So given these strengths that we just offered um, and your workplace relationship, what works well for the two of you given your types? I think I'll start. All right. um, I feel as though Tyler and I had to figure that out, and Enneagram definitely helped us to figure that out. Um, when I would have conversations with Tyler in the past, I would feel sometimes as though he wasn't listening to me, or maybe he wasn't interested, or, or just wanted to do something else until I realized he was just processing. He was mm. thinking about things um, as I was steamrolling ahead mm. <laughs> um, because I already knew where I wanted to go with things. And um, so it was learning, it was having that conversation, you know, through Enneagram to understand um, that he wasn't doing those things. And, and I guess to back up just a little bit, Tyler and I have been working together for eight years, but not directly together for five of those, six of those eight years. Um, just more on an offhand basis. He was the banquet manager and I was director of catering. So it was when I needed something. So it mm -hmm. wasn't a day to day. So I, I think that I didn't recognize that I needed to understand him a little bit better because it was more infrequent um, until we worked together on a daily basis. And it was like, whoa, I need to figure this out, you know, because we need to be able to relate to each other. So, so I think for me it was realizing that he was listening. He was simply processing. And um, once I understood that, mm -hmm. I felt um, as though I wa it was important what I was bringing to the table and what I was having to say because I used to think that it, I was maybe being bothersome. Well, that's a, you know, that's a perfect example of the difference in the two lead brains, yours being relational and Tyler being informational. What I feel now is knowing that, and, and uh, for me, it's understanding that he is listening, he does care, cares greatly mm -hmm. and it's just his way of going about so I just have to be patient I just have to step back and allow that to happen um, and sometimes that might mean that that doesn't happen for another day or two or three days um, and I'm okay with that now we both are very positive and very we can see the big picture we both move towards that mm -hmm. pretty quickly 
Uh, I think we see very ideally parallels and how to get there. Um, but I think she's what I value out of Beth specifically is that she keeps me when I may have five or seven projects going on at the same time and I am moving, you know, between those. She's very, I'm grateful for her coming back in and checking in. Where are we with this? Because as a seven, I think I leave maybe some assumptions out on the table where I assume that she knows where, where we are with this or where we are with that. So it actually helps keep pushing them along and keep pushing them through and getting them done because they're all equally important, but just trying to make sure like completion and finishing them off happens in a timely manner. So, yeah. Cause part of what I hear you talking about is, you know, sevens have a lot of energy for the beginning of projects mm -hmm. and sometimes multiple projects. Mm -hmm. And so coming to completion can be a challenge. So here you're saying Beth really helps you do that. Yes. And I think it's because I'm ready for more projects. So it's like starting your starting of another one gets in the way of finishing mm -hmm. the other. Yeah. So, and this is a, a workplace relationship where it is good to stay in touch. It yes. is good to check in because both of you have what we call positive projection where you're off and running pretty quickly thinking the other got it. So seven, you know, I'm okay, I got it, she got it too. And the three thinking we're on the same page, we're rolling, we're going toward the project. So it's really good to check in for these types to make sure you are in fact on the same page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other things that work well uh, as you've worked together that you've noticed? I think it's helpful to us, it is to me, that our offices are right next to each other. We're not in the same room, but our offices are next to each other, so you can easily quick, you know, pop in and go, hey, you have a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, we do that quite often. We rarely have a long meeting. Nope. Just five, five minutes, <laughs> five minutes, <laughs> ten minutes, but we may have those two or three times a day, Yeah. you mm -hmm. know. I think we're both kind of downtrodden with long meetings. I yep. think it's, we oh, yes. would rather take an hour of meeting and meet for 30 minutes and mm -hmm. use the other 30 to start, Move start actually like attacking it. Mm -hmm. So that for me is very helpful. I, I think that um, we would not be as effective um, if we weren't in that close proximity. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's, it's convenient, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not having to go find somebody or send an email and say, do you have 30 minutes? It's like, I see them there and I'm like, do you have a minute? And then we just go from there. So that's very helpful. Well, and, you know, three, seven, and eight are the impatient or assert types. And this really sounds like it works well for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I, I want to pick up on that, Sandra, because I heard you say, Beth, uh, a few minutes ago that you had, you were learning to be more patient. And I just wanted to say, what's that like for you? What's it like for you to learn to be more patient? <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's becoming easier. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's becoming easier because as with Tyler and some of the others that we work with, we're just learning each other better. Um, you know, and that certainly helps. Um, that's where those quick meetings really work for me because I don't feel like we're taking too much time, but it's difficult. I think Sandra, we talked about this when we went on our day, um, outing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I can feel my legs get wiggly. Mm. It's like I got to get moving. Mm -hmm. um, and that even happens to me in the car when I'm driving. Mm. You know, my legs get wigg wiggly and I'm like, I got to get home. I got to get home. I got to get out of this car. Uh, so it's those. And so I think it's um, those 
like Tyler and, and Nick, who's a six, and Megan, who's a six, you know, have taught me to step back just a little bit, not for very long, but mm -hmm. just enough, you know, for me that I can go, okay, I can, I can be a little bit more patient right now because it's going to be okay. That's great. Yeah. I, I appreciate your uh, awareness of your body because I'm a heart type as mm -hmm. well, and so sometimes we, we don't pay attention to what our bodies are telling us. Exactly. And so noticing the wiggly legs is like an invitation mm -hmm. for you to say, oh, this is, I'm, I'm feeling impatient, so mm -hmm. maybe I can take a deep breath or maybe I can right. step back. Or Yeah, and sometimes it means I really just got to get moving. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think um, Tyler and others that work with me are okay with that, that sometimes I just got to get moving. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, time is about producing for type three, and who am I if I'm not producing? And so it's a, it's a good question to help stretch because you're certainly more than a producer. Yes, I am. <laughs> there, there was a hesitation there. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I love, so. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's good. Talking about the time and being quick, I would say that a lot of that for me were Beth is more go, go, go is that I like short meetings because if it starts going very long, then in my mind, I'm already trying to fix that before I even know the whole issue. I'm already trying to figure out how to reframe that mm -hmm. into something um, positive or how are we going to make this a positive, whether it's a, a challenge with our guest or a challenge with our staff. So it's good for me to slow down too and just listen mm -hmm. and just be right there listening and not have to solve the problem right then. Yeah. And so. noticing that tendency to positively reframe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, catch yourself in that. Yeah. Lovely. What, what just occurred to me is that neither of you is going to, going to activate your reactivity trigger because Beth moves so quickly. She's not going to limit you in that way. You're not going to feel trapped in a long conversation or, and she gives you some autonomy in your decision making. Mm -hmm. And Beth's reactivity is I have an inability to do as Chris just described a while ago. And you want to move things forward. And here's a guy that's doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So what aspect of your type, the type that you lead with, what aspect of that tends to trip you up uh, in, when you're in relationship with the other one? I feel, well, I don't feel, I know that I'm moving too fast and sometimes I'll, I, not sometimes, I often interrupt because I'm already ready to solve it and I already know what you're thinking and, and I know what you're going to say. So let me just get there for you. It's that impatience. Um, and so for me, that's something that um, trips me up because then I'm, I'm not necessarily getting the whole picture because mm -hmm. I've already decided. So it's like stepping back on, wait, maybe there's more, mm. you know, can, maybe there's more. Can you think of an example or a story that comes up as you describe that? In meetings, where there's several of us in a meeting, mm -hmm. you know, we do that once a week. We have our leadership team meeting um, for the hotel. And um, I know that I've often stopped somebody from finishing their thought mm -hmm. because I've already been ready to solve it. And it's, it's learning that um, that's unfair. 
um, that could be seen as rude, I'm sure, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it's stepping back and, and holding my tongue and just sitting there and sometimes crunching my fingers going, just wait, just wait <laughs> until they're done mm -hmm. um, and then go on from there. So I think it's tripped me up in the sense that I've maybe made decisions because I didn't wait for all the information. Um, I don't know that I would have changed my decision necessarily, but maybe I would have or I would have thought a little bit longer about it. So there's an example of when moving quickly wasn't efficient. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And are there ways you, that Tyler that has impacted you in terms of your work relationship when Beth has done that sort of moving quickly, not net, not gathering all the information? I would think of one small thing that was right when we were opening and we were in 50 million different places at 50 million different mm -hmm. times, literally. And just trying to, things would come into the hotel and we would unpack them. Things would come in and we would, I mean, we didn't know they were coming or whatever. And I remember one, we were trying to just figure out where everyone was. And I think we were moving things and getting things done and we were pulling people to do this. And I was just kind of like, well, Hey, just let me know. So I don't plan for them to be over at X or, you know, just right. where, where someone is. I think that's really it. But I think that kind of to the same fact, slightly different of what Beth said is that, I often want to try to move quickly because I see the positives of what I want to do. And we, ha you know, when we have these meetings, we luckily have two sixes in our, in our leadership team meetings who are very quick to say, well, have you thought about mm -hmm. this? That could really be like Good. a collapse the house of cards of all the positive things you're trying to do because right. you were moving too quickly thinking it, how positive it was. Yeah. So yeah. very similar to what, she's saying but again back to that instance when we were opening up her intentions were amazing and great and we were trying to do 50 million things so it wasn't like it was a it was an intentional negative it was just more of something like well i just i just wanted to know but we're just moving quickly we're trying to get this hotel opened mm -hmm. um so there i was on that path of let's go 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 and i wasn't sharing any information right mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. or or saying where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, threes and sevens are great in transition because you can think on your feet and you mm -hmm. can move through things quickly. So, you know, Biltmore was just lucky to have the two of you there moving it forward. And I do think um, for me, being at the hotel, you know, for the last two and a half years has helped me to slow down when I was director of catering and conference services, it was a very different job. I didn't have time to do that. What I had to do had to be done quickly. You had to make decisions very fast. You often didn't have time to have a conversation. Should we do this or should we do that? It was, you know, mostly on the fly. Mm. And I was always very comfortable with that. So this has been, I think, really eye-opening for me, um, you know, having the opportunity to have these meetings or to listen to others, you know, thoughts and input. Um, and so I'm grateful for that. I'm still working on it. Uh, but it's, I think, you know, for me, that was a real big difference. The other job that I had required me to be that way. Right. And this one doesn't necessarily require that much of me to be that way. What about you, Tyler? Uh, what aspect of your type trips you up, uh, in this working relationship with Beth? Just always trying to see the positive, I think also makes it easy to oversee the, 
some of the negatives are coming through and addressing mm -hmm. those um, because I just project my own thinking into someone else and that sure. they're going to address it. They're going to, they're going to handle it. They, they know the right thing to do. They know where we should be going and then maybe being let down by that. Um, so again, not specifically with Beth, but I think just in general, mm -hmm. I think that we, or I can say I find myself sometimes being disappointed in in my own projection of what others will do mm. or should do. And it should have just been an easier conversation. I should have just addressed immediately and had that conversation. Are, are there strategies or practices that you're working with that are gonna are supporting you in addressing things more quickly? I think it's again back to the listening, just making sure like intentionally listening and trying to not turn my brain off, but turn it one direction where it's just input rather than trying to come up with solutions while listening. Mm -hmm. um, what helps you do that? What helps you listen? How do you catch yourself? Breathing and, and making it, telling myself that I'm going to listen. I'm going to like, for instance, I had an email that right before coming here that I knew was going to be a, probably a longer conversation than necessary, but I would f make someone feel less validated by not letting them tell me everything they needed to tell me, even though it was all clearly written in an email. <laughs> I knew that it was about being heard right. and that it would be addressed, but it was going to take patience for my part. So just going into that, knowing that in advance is a big help. So just preparing for that and then letting all of the facts come out most of which I already know, but not jumping the gun and and start trying to solve it until they, because mm. the solution may be in just listening. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's so interesting because that because I think there are echoes in uh. both the three and the seven. Mm -hmm. I mean, as you say that, I don't know if you resonate with that, Beth, but I think a three would say something pretty similar, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I need to slow down and listen yeah. and value kind of what people need to be heard mm -hmm. instead of just moving forward to get it done. Well, and that's exactly what I was thinking, you know, as Tyler was speaking and I've tried really to work towards this is to, I could be at my desk and I'm typing because I type really well and I'm talking to you at the same time and I'm typing and I know exactly what I'm typing and I know I'm <laughs> exactly that I'm listening to you and then I'll realize that I really am not and so I'll stop and, and say to that person, I'm sorry, I wasn't really listening. Can you please start over? Mm. Good for you. So, yeah. You catch it. I try. Good for yeah. you, Yeah, and, and so far, everybody's been okay with that. And then I have to push my chair back and get my hands off the desk. That's so smart. Mm -hmm. There's your strategy. That mm -hmm. is a, that's a great strategy. Yeah. And I think some of that probably came... Um, earlier on, not realizing it with my daughter, because um, we would be in the car, and I'd pick her up from school, and I'm still thinking about work, and she's emailing for me, because I didn't quite finish, and I'm dictating to her, because we didn't quite finish, <laughs> and then she would want to talk about what happened with her day, and I'm still doing something else, and and um, she made me realize that that didn't feel good to her, you know, and so I think that's where that started probably seven or eight years ago that I had to say, I'm sorry I wasn't listening. Can you please start over? You know, what's interesting about that is, you know, type three is a heart type and a relationship type. And it's also true that threes focus so much on the tasks mm -hmm. that sometimes the relationship 
in a way gets overlooked. It's not, as I said earlier, you're doing things for the other and that's the way you show love. But a lot of times people you're in a relationship with want you just to listen, just Mm -hmm. to be with. And that's, that when you hear that, I think threes say, oh, I kind of wake up a little bit when somebody says, hey, you're not really yeah. paying attention to yeah, me. Yes, like throw some cold water on my face because, yeah. you know, you're not listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, we've yeah. talked about having folks say to you, Beth, this is really important. Yes. And then you really do get present. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to know that for three, if you can catch them at a natural break, lunch, mid-morning mm-hmm. break, that there's much more focus on being present yeah. and listening. Yeah. And I think I've asked that probably of Tyler and my other, you know, leadership team members, you know, is to stop me. Say, I need you to listen. I'm okay with that. Say, say, stop. I need you to listen. This is important, and I'm okay with that. But I've given, I, not permission, maybe. I've said to them, please do that. I'm okay with you doing that. Stop me if, it's, if, if I need to be stopped, and I'm okay. strategies or um, uh, ways that you're aware of that you kind of employ to help you not get caught up in your seven patterns at work? I think maybe for myself, it's just setting aside time or being able to say no to certain things, um, which is big because I know that's really hard for most sevens um, because they want to do everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But saying no or not right now or give me 15 minutes. I know a lot of times I would come into the office and some people that work for me would just immediately, you know, who'd been there for four hours and I'm not even really awake quite yet. Um, (laughs) would just start telling me about what's going on or asking me my opinion or questions and just saying, I need 15 minutes to just be here so I can really listen to what you're saying and really just actually be there for all the things that you want to tell me, which I know you've been waiting to tell me, but I've just got to get through, you know, a few emails I already know is in line (coughs) that need to be answered. And then I can just be right here with you. Mm -hmm. I am so on point with that. It's, it's having that time and being able to say, because I do similar, you know, if I can, I'll say, can it wait? Can you give me 15 minutes? But I'll also say, come back in 15 minutes and get me come back and get me because I may be on to something else. So you need, I I think I say, you'll need to stop me. Mm. There you go. Mm -hmm. Well, given that both of you are positive oriented and Tyler's talking about reframing and you're both a little impatient and move quickly, it just begs the question for me, what about conflict? Uh, What happens when conflict comes up if you're moving so fast or do you notice it? Do you engage it quickly? What is that like for the two of you leading this team at the Village Hotel? I can speak for me as a seven that conflict is, I don't want to say comfortable, but I think it's easy because I can usually see how to get around it or how to handle it. I think I'm I love that you just said get around it. Well, I don't mean <laughs> getting around someone being upset and addressing the issue and reframing it for them as though, you know, because most people are looking things from their internal perspective of how it affected them and giving them more of a sense of 
well, perhaps this is the way, this was the intention of, of, of what actually happened. And here's what we're going to do. And I think I, and maybe it's a seven or not, but I, the gift of, of handling conflict and, you know, making sure that even if it's an individual, letting them know everything they're doing right before coming in. And, you know, cause if I lead with a challenge or a conflict, then that's all they're going to focus on for the rest of what I talk to them about. So if I can come to them with what they're doing well and then kind of reframing what we need to work on or what, how we need to maybe mm -hmm. change something and maybe showing them how it's perceived by someone else, it's, 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 it, it, it puts the barriers down for them to then actively listen to what I'm trying to tell them and not making it a, a blame or a right or wrong mm. scenario. Handling conflict for myself is uncomfortable because I, I, I don't like to live there. And, you know, when done well, conflict deepens relationship. If you can just stay with it. Yeah. Well, if you don't have conflict, then you don't know when you don't. That, yeah. Right. You have inauthentic harmony. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think conflict also for a seven invites the seven to go deeper in him or herself, kind of knowing what, what's happening in me. So mm -hmm. there's a sort of depth that I think most sevens want, but tend to stay a little on the surface so conflict can help go a little deeper. So um, here's a risky question. Ah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> have, uh, to piggyback on Sandra, have the two of you had any conflict in your working relationship? And how, did, how have you, if so, how, what, what have you learned about that or strategies about that? I don't recall a specific conflict that we've ever had. I think it it was just more understanding each other, uh, you know, that we just needed the time to do that. But I don't, I can't recall even when we weren't working directly together ever having necessarily a conflict that we had to come together and figure it out. Uh, we always just, you know, did what we needed to do mm -hmm. to accomplish what we needed to do, and it worked out. But I, I think that leads to having mutual respect, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, for each other and, and, you know, respecting what one person's responsibility is and, and what another's is. And um, with our goal usually always being to take care of our guest. Mm -hmm. If you have the same goal, then I believe that you'll get there mm -hmm. um, because you're working towards the same thing, working differently maybe. Um, but working to get there. So that, those are my thoughts on mm -hmm. that. Tyler may have had conflicts with me that I didn't <laughs> know. <laughs> and reframed them or something. <laughs> I don't think so. I think we both had the same drive as far as accomplishments. And mm. and I, I think we both share that we don't really celebrate our accomplishments because we're too busy on the next one. Mm. Um, yes. I think there would be conflict if either one of us didn't maintain our level of of drive or our speed or our pace or however you want to describe it. I think there would be conflict because one of us would feel like the other one wasn't wasn't fully bought in. I guess mm -hmm. would be the term. One thing that occurs to me is that you know you guys, the two of you, work well together. And, um, and I heard you say, Beth, and both of you have said, you know, we, we're getting the task done, we're getting things accomplished. One of the questions I have is, what's the, what's the sort of um, blind spot that the two of you have working together? So you're, there's a focus on, you know, getting the work done and accomplishing it. What's sort of not being paid attention to, if that makes any sense? 
I can think specifically of the sixes in our group is that we'll have ideas and we'll actually, it may even be completely from start to finish created in this meeting, how we're going to handle something. You know, someone will come with a challenge. Well, we can do this, this, and this, and it may be completely starting new with something and back and forth talking. And then it may be, well, we need to slow down because we need to maybe talk to this person in the company and see how that may affect them. Good. I think that's also twofold when we talk about the sixes. I, I believe, and I, I, I see it, you know, that we bring something to the table for them, too, that sometimes, sometimes it's okay to make a quicker decision. Yes. Sure. Sometimes you don't need to, and to trust what others are saying, and so I've seen that happening, too. You know, as a 3-7 work, working relationship, you have, as a resource point, type 6. It's Tyler's wing, and it's your connecting point. So you're bring, you have that little six in you, and it's your place of connection. So a six doesn't have to be present for the two of you to engage. Now, what would be the difficulties that will arise? So as you think about uh, moving forward and, and you've worked together in various ways for eight years, um, and what things might you do to help your, your particular working relationship flourish? Um, it may be broader than that. Or what might be your invitation to grow at this point? What comes up for you? I look forward to seeing what Tyler has next. Um, you know, for him to, what does he want to take on next? What is he going to bring to the table? He's done an amazing job of starting this new business, a restaurant that we never expected to perform the way it's performing. Um, no one did, uh, and it continues to perform well. So I'm, I'm eager to see what, what happens down the road and how I might play a part in that uh, for him and, and for the rest of the team. Uh, and, and just to continue to have that open door that, you know, we know that we can just grab five minutes or, you know, something takes a little bit longer, but to know that um, we're there to support each other. And, and again, we may not get it right, but if we work on it together, we're much more likely to get it right, um, you know, versus trying to do it on our own. And so that's exciting for me. And I think we have the opportunity at Village Hotel being very, very new you know, two and a half years, we still haven't figured it out. We, I hope we don't ever figure it all out because if we do, then we've kind of given up. Uh, we should always be looking to, you know, improve. And, and so that's really exciting um, to be able to have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just listening to you with the ears of a seven and realizing, wow, this openness, open to the ideas. That must be exciting for you, Tyler. That, that Yeah, I mean, that's something yeah. that even in my previous position was exciting is that no day was the same. Mm -hmm. Every day was different. That's something I know that no matter what I do, that's got to be something or a part of my job or life in general. I, um, and Beth definitely um, is a great incubator for that as far as allowing us the freedom to, to do and dream what we yeah. can do but also keeping us in a logical place of, um, and doing it at a pace that makes sense and that won't overextend ourselves. Keeping it on a very step task one, task mm -hmm. two, whereas I may have 
task 1B and 7A mm -hmm. and 8H. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just keeping it all together and coming back in and checking in, where are we with this? Um, because as a 7, I know that I often will project information others know because I know it. And so when I explain things, may leave some parts of that out. Well, it sounds like in communication, then if you're saying you're projecting what you're thinking onto the other person and they know it, you know, you might want to, at the end of the conversation, say, let's make sure we're on the same page and tell me what you think I said. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, and perhaps, you know, I hear you saying, Tyler, that Beth sort of helps you do that by checking in. I wonder for yourself how you might do that without that, without mm -hmm. that check-in. Lists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Any other next step for you, Beth? A next step for growth? Others may not think it's true, but I, I believe I've slowed down. Mm -hmm. um, I take time to read a book every night for maybe a half hour. Mm -hmm. I may not All remember right. what I read the next morning, but <laughs> it's baby steps. Um, it's baby steps, or um, you know, uh, I went to the beach last week, and that's my favorite place to be because I can actually sit on the beach for several hours because the sound of the ocean, nice. you know, the smell of the sand or, you know, whatever it is. And that's, that's probably the only place I can sit still really well. And that feels good. Mm. So I'm going to try and do that more often. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's, you know, learning as I, as we all get older, we always, you know, learn different things about ourselves. And I think for me, it's, um, paying attention to it, mm -hmm. you know, and listening to that and knowing that it's okay if I don't do all the things today that I thought I would do. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. great. Yeah. 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 So I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. And my, and my legs are not wiggling yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave three <laughs> things on the to-do list and see how that feels. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We both talk so um, beautifully about, uh, the, the importance of being willing to change and grow and shift um, in our work and in working relationships. And um, so we want to thank you for being our guest today. Um, and I'm going to close with uh, these words from Charles Darwin. <laughs> it is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. So with heartfelt gratitude, I'm Chris. And I'm Sandra. And we invite you to continue to look courageously and lovingly at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity, for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris, who composed our theme music, and for Toby Becker, who provided graphic design. Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise, to Tom and Lynn Berner, who provided recording space, and to the narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders, and special thanks to all of our guests. We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth, and in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheenneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book. In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.